I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say preview show with Sun FM, or however you word that, I always get it muddled up. Uh, myself and Gareth are joined by Michael Loft tonight, who was in. Um, he is the he's our resident under-23 expert, so he's going to talk about Clark Sotler and some of the other under-23 players we've been linked with tonight, because he knows everything about those kind of players, so that should be good. <laughs> that was probably the worst start <laughs> of a podcast I've ever done. It's also I'm going to leave in. It's also largely fake news as well. Yeah. <laughs> I cut your hello off because you haven't got your earphones on, like I said last week about your earphones. So I cut your hello off. So just it's going to sound when people have listened. People have listened to it, they know what it sounded like. I'm probably going to get an email tomorrow telling us that I need to mix <laughs> things better. And then you just didn't describe Michael properly. It was just awful, to be honest. I mean, what, I'm not going to do it again. What have I? What have I not described properly? Well, just having me down as this expert yeah. of under twenty three players for every club ever. That's why you, you asked if you could come in the studio tonight. He never, he never even heard of um, this Clark. So I can't, what's his first name again? What, I can't even remember his first name. It's terrible. <laughs> Josh? Is it Josh? No. No. What is it? What is his first name? That's terrible, isn't it? Clark Salter. Yeah, Jake. I think Jake Clark Salter. Yeah, it's Jake. Yeah, Josh, Jake. Jake. Same thing. Too Do you many. Know what, that class be as an expert. I know his first name. Yeah. Too many double barrels. Right. Well, that's just what we're talking about this in our. We've got obviously everyone's got a group chat now. If you're not in a group chat on WhatsApp, yeah. you're basically January's not a good month anyway for for people's like well-being and all that kind of thing. People feeling depressed after Christmas. I'm going to make it worse and say if you're not in a WhatsApp group chat, then you know you you know you need to sort that out because you know the, the wealth of enjoyment that you can get out of it. But anyway, we were talking in the group chat about, and I proposed the the thought that. In about three generations' time, we could end up in a situation where there are football teams full of people with 16 barreled names. Because once all the generations of double barrelers start to mate, then there's going to be a quadruple barrel, and then they'll mm. mate, and there's going to be a, a six t- 16. What would what would that be, the multiple of? 16 barreled names, and that's going to be mad, isn't it? I mean, imagine how much it's going to cost on like replica shirts and that in the future. We won't be around then, maybe. No, we will. We won't be. But I'm just. <laughs> don't be so. You know, it's like global warming. This you can't be selfish just because your gener- <laughs> the generation of the future will be affected by it. it. Doesn't matter to you. Do you think it's just a football thing, or is it just a thing well, of society son, in my general? My son's a double barrel, isn't he? Oh, is he? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, there's no political affiliations on this podcast. Um, yeah, because uh, obviously me and my wife have got kept our own names after we got married, so. Mate, they're just going to be like a mass amalgamation. You'll have to take a, but six, and then you'll have like a sixteen-lettered second name, and that that is quite quite a feat in itself. And you maybe could make one up like countdown. You like make from the letters of the sixteen names. You can like pick whichever letters you want. Only use one, and you've got to make up a second name. 
That'd be quite good, wouldn't it? In Sweden, you had, you take the name of your your father, don't you, as your second name, and put son on the end. That's why they're all sons. So there you go. So what happens to their sons? Is it sons' sons? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it? So Magna, well, I've never heard of like a Magnusson. Well, so, so <laughs> it's gonna be so Seb Larson, for example. Seb Larson. He'll be called. His son will surely be called. It's not going to be called Larson. No. No, he'll be called Sebastian. All oh, right, is that the way it works? It? Yeah. Oh. I'm listening to the radio so, here. So, his, <laughs> so, so, so obviously, so Seb so Larson, his dad must have been called Lars. And then oh, Larson. I'm with you. So take the Sebastian, first name and, Sebastian and, and put the son on the end of that. Yeah. I like that. I don't actually. know what Toivonen is doing. Toivonen. Toivonson. Maybe, maybe they just couldn't it? spell in the mystery. I don't know what to do it now. They probably don't do it now. It was probably something of your. So you think how names change over the years, eh? <laughs> what happened, doing that what happened to Bjorkland? What if you've a double what if you what if you got a, a double if what if you're Swedish and you marry an English person, you don't take the name and you end up with a double barreled name. <laughs> Do you have to be double barreled and son? But what about Lumberg and Bjorkland? Don't ask Edmund. me. Trying to think of other Swedish maybe players. They're, maybe they're not indigenous Swedes. Maybe they're of, uh, like, a, a different... Well, you could argue that with Ibrahimovic, but I'm not sure about the others. <clears throat> I don't know. Hmm. Berg? I mean, no, there's I think a lot that's of quite Berg. a strong statement you put out there. I don't, remember I'm not all sure the, um, factually accurate. Remember you couldn't play for Bulgaria unless your name ended in Ov, Ev, or Ev? No, if you're going to mention Bulgaria, I'll have to bring up the fascinating fact about Bulgaria. What is that? Have I not said this before to anybody? Uh, well, t- tell and us the, and then I'll remember. And... This has been confirmed by numerous Bulgarians I've spoken to that um, when somebody nods their head to say yes and shakes their head to say no, in Bulgaria it's the, the other, other way, way around. around. And it's the only country in the world that does it. Awkward. And people aren't really sure why it happens. If you try to do it in a conversation, it's very difficult. People aren't sure why it happens. No, no. Cause like we, it's an X-file. We used to work with a, a Bulgarian lad and he said there was different theories to why that happened. Some of it might have went back to previous wars in order to to mislead oh, their mislead. Decept- yeah. so yeah. obviously saying that Bulgarians are deceitful by nature if you want to make that sweeping generalisation then you, you can I love his bold statements tonight isn't he Gareth I'm just, uh, <laughs> just throwing it out there and trying to put off talking about the football for long enough. there might be an FA rule in the future that you have to have at least one double barrelled footballer in your team because everyone's taking a double barreler on loan aren't they Like it's like a default now if you, you've got to take a double barreler on loan you have to. Every team in the championship is going to have an on-loan double barreler by the end of 2018. 20, 2019, let's say. Let's give people a chance. Is this like the championship's version of a Rooney rule? You must have yeah, a double barrel Yeah, you name. must have a double barrel and discrimination against, you know, and that's my son's got that look forward to, the discrimination. But it's hard enough to remember players' names in some cases. And instead of like... Yeah, the first name? 11, 11 surnames yeah. to think of. You're going to have to yeah. have 22 to think of just it's in too, one team. Too distracting maybe, having the double barrel because I forgot his first name just because <laughs> I was so focused on the double barrel. <laughs> too much to remember. Three names to remember. Ridiculous. And what was his first name again? Jake. 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 Josh. Jake. <laughs> and he his son Jake's son. Josh Jake. <laughs> Josh Jake's Clark Salterson. Good player, apparently. You're an expert. He's one of the under-23s. <laughs> anyway. Sounds like a regional football manager, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's talk about the soccer. The football. That was a lovely bit of a... We've got a, we've got a, um, we've got a card of guests on, hopefully, this evening. It's been a while since we've done that. Mm. Um, I'm not sure why I decided to um, pull my finger out on this occasion. <laughs> yeah. Less busy, um, isn't it? After Christmas. I just think Cardiff's an interesting one because they started the season very well, didn't they? And they've lost, I think, four games in a row now, haven't they? So it'd be interesting to find out about that. Plus, I'm going down, so I'm maybe doing a 
selfish point of view where I'm more interested than than I would be normally. I've just seen you doing an away game in the. I'm doing a lot away. this season. It's to not be fair. the. It's not very away though, Stephen. We had this discussion, and we'll put it out there. Some people can tell us it. You can't say go to Cardiff away isn't away. No, but so. Mickey, to be fair to him, is like ultimate away. So he would do Cardiff if he was going on the bus, there and back in the day. Hitchhiking. Massive <laughs> bag of cans, right? That's yep. what he'd be doing. Obviously, you're not, he's not drinking the cans, just transporting them because you can't drink on the buses. Um, but he likes to, likes to carry, it's like a fitness regime, you yeah, know, yeah. fitness regime. Um, where Stephen is flying to Bristol <laughs> and then staying in Bristol. So he's not coming there and back in the day. He's flying. He's not even staying in surely the city. Surely the, the better the... away trips are the ones where you stay over. <clears throat> yeah, but and, and you stay, surely you stay in Cardiff. That would be really weird. Because you're the like, airport oh, and you fly Cardiff. to Bristol. It's just easier to cuts the travelling down. Middle class away. It's actually cheaper to do it yeah. this way around. That's yeah. why we're doing it. It's, it was only forty quid or something to fly to Bristol. He'd be taking his own like sandwiches <laughs> on the on the plane <laughs> for the match, like at half time, and he'll have like get them out and that perfectly foiled up. <laughs> have like a few select craft beers as well for the journey. Yeah, for the journey, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did that for our work Christmas party. I took some. Craft get a good beers. book on the go for the plane. Yeah, on the way yeah. Down. Well, you're going with your brother, aren't you? So you got to do something. You don't want to talk to him for forty minutes on a plane. <laughs> See you, me. You got to spend all week. How long were you, brother? You got to spend. A couple of nights. Are you sharing a room or a separate room? Yeah, we can't afford to oh, no. get separate rooms. No offence if you're listening. Uh, he won't be know. listening. Well, good. <laughs> offence then. <laughs> anyway, football. Well, I've actually done that trip before, so <clears throat> I wanted to see if you could... I've, I've got a couple of games against Cardiff, previous games, to see if you could think of the 1-11, because I want to give you a go, Gareth, because you normally have it in front of you oh, on the okay, screen and stuff, I like so that. I printed them out. One of them was last time, I went, the only time, actually, I've been a Cardiff as a fan, um, or as a non-fan. I've only been a Cardiff uh, ground <laughs> once. Actually, it was in Indian Park, so I haven't been to the new ground. The only time I went. Uh, we also flew to Bristol then and stayed over in Bristol as well, so it's been done before. Um, By the way, reminders. I've got. I've just. I've got an idea about how we could do a deal with Cardiff that would help us. But carry on anyway. Do you want to go? Do you want to do it now? Okay. Well, what I would suggest is that we do a deal with them where we swap our red seats for their red seats. Oh, that's been said. We've said that before, haven't we? we? Don't know. Well, I don't know where all those red seats are because they changed them at blue, didn't they? I think the top no, there's, tier, there's which the top never tier opens, is the red. Seats, oh, still. So I'm saying we could swap the red seats out of that top well, tier with our crap swap ones. Swap them with what? Oh, pink ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're not using them, are they? they, they yeah, well, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to really give us some as a discount. Be up for that, aren't they? Is Vincent? Oh yeah, Tan let's, still it's, there? it looks bad enough as an empty stand already. Let's put pink seats there. Well, well we don't get the red that much. If it's Vincent Tan who's still there, is it? Do you know if it is? We'll ask the Cardiff guy, I guess. He wears a football shirt over a dress shirt and he tucks it in. So I'm saying he's up for anything. <laughs> so I think if he can do that, we can convince him to do the other thing. Well, it'll be interesting to know what they've done with the red seats that they got rid of last time. It's a lot Did of recycling. It's Did a lot of recycling. Yeah, it was all red, wasn't it? No, I don't think it was. was. I said they changed the kit to red, but no, they built the new stand. It wasn't red seats when I no. went, was it not? No. I went um, slap bag in the middle of all the protests when we drew 2-2, when Colback scored and it was all blue seats then. Well, that's the other game we're going to look at. Yeah, and I did that. There so you, you were there. Well, so. You were there. I'm hoping you're going to be able to nail that team, and you've just put yourself <coughs> can, a bit of pressure. It was. I can probably get a few of those. Right. Well, we'll go at the other one first and the harder one. Uh, so this was Ninian Park, um, Cardiff, Cardiff four Sunderland nil. Um, we did get to the playoff final that season, 2003-2004. So Mick McCarthy was manager. 
Uh, we did get a sending off after 17 minutes. Might excuse that scoreline a little bit. I remember that he did go ballistic in the press and stuff afterwards. McCarthy it was a worst what? performance. Of the because season. it gives us the the month of the. It was March. March. No, sorry, February, 21st oh, of February, good, yeah. 2004. Okay, do you want to? Sunderland start was seventh then? at the time or so. Do you want me to give you the Cardiff team, or do you want me no, what, 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 what to do? I thought you wanted to guess the Sunderland team. I do. Do you want me to give you the goal scores for Cardiff or anything? So if it jogs your memory no, in any no, way? No, Kavanagh scored, didn't he? He did score. He scored the opening goal, yeah. Um, so if Danny Gabadon scored. He's all over the place <laughs> in now. He's in the media all over, is isn't he? he? Um, Poom. Yes, Mark Poom. Right, back four. Mark Poom, not Mark Poom. Saw him in Ikea once. Um, Stephen Wright. Yeah. Left back. McCartney yeah centre backs Bjorklund Bjorklund and Bab Bjorklund yes Bab no Gary Brain Gary Brain yes I'll give you a clue Bjorklund uh, I planted that in your mind subconsciously earlier by referencing him in the Swedish debate didn't I so yeah that's Poom and then Wright and McCartney full backs Gary Brain and Bjorklund in the centre half Whitley Robinson in midfield no but Whitley Whitley, pre-Robinson this Whitley was yeah see this is knowledge um, Whitley, yes. Arger. Arger played on one wing, yeah. Darren Williams? No. Thornton? I think Williams might have been a Cardiff by then. Sean Thornton? No. Arger's one winger. You should know um, the other winger. Piper. Oster. Oster. Oh, Oster. Friend of the show. Or friend of friends of the yeah. show. Yeah. The two wingers. It's not a bad 11 in context of a championship, <laughs> and they've got stuff for now. Makatea sent the mid. Yes, he was. <coughs> so you've got Oster and Makatea sent midfield. Kyle. Arker and Oster. On the wings, Kevin Fact Kyle was Stewart. one centre forward, and Marcus Stewart was the other one. Done quite well there, lads. Especially from the edge after that, right there. Bjorkland was sent off after seventeen minutes. Well, any of them under twenty-three <laughs> right, knew, knew them all, didn't they? Well, you should absolutely smash this one. Then this is a game that our younger Sunderland fans will remember because it was part. It was the great escape season, wasn't it? And this is when we started to turn the form around a little bit. We we went to Everton on Boxing Day and won one nil, and then we went to Cardiff. We were two nil down with seven minutes left. And we got a 2-2 draw. You mentioned Vincent Tan and the, the image of him coming to the, yeah. to the edge of the balcony and booing, <laughs> booing the team off at the end of the game <laughs> as the fans were doing it. And Colback, probably the most famous thing yeah. he's done for Sunderland, that with his equalisers. So I knew you would know that. Um, if you want to give me the, the Sunderland team. Then. It, formation, the I'll try and help you out. No, it's, you don't need to. I'll think I'll, right, come on then. So Should you want to go... Do you do, who goes first? Right. Yeah, we we'll do well, one player at a time. So okay, give you, me the back four then. then. Start, start and goal. Uh, Manoni. Right, right back, Michael. Um, right back with Saluska. I don't think it was. It was Bardsley that Bardsley, week, wasn't it? Yeah. Bardsley, um, and then it would have been confidence. Rebege and Desena. How do you know that? You've just rattled off three players. How do you know that? Especially when it's people like Desena and Diakite and Rebege. See, Desena was one I was hanging my hat on. Has been really impressive, and he just took this. Desena. That's a back four then. Um, Giacarini did he Giacarini start? Giacarini did play, yes. Um, Barini played because he got went off ill at half time, went to hospital. Yeah, he did. Obviously, called back then. Yeah. Out the door because he missed that sitter in the first half. Yep. Fletcher, so he scored. No, he, he, he well, well, hold on, hold on. You, 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 know, you, you need to visualise this like, through the yeah, formation. Fletcher came just throwing names at me here. So let's say, because it's either 4 3 3 or 4 4 2. Well, Catamore. So let's say Giacarini and Barini were the two wingers, right? So the two set midfielders were. Catamore, Key. Key, yeah. Catamore, yeah. Um, I must be 4-3-3 because of the another player who's playing there's another midfielder in the side whoever mentioned hmm another central midfielder yeah I've mentioned callback already haven't we yeah we have callback um, 
How no callback key ah, and ah, Panama. Ah, ah, callback no. was sub. Oh well, there you go. So let's go for four four two. Solve callback coming as sub. Sorry. So who's alongside Lee Catamol at midfield? Come on. Well, Key obviously was there. Key, yeah. Oh, well, there was a third one then. It's a regular. Poor Damien he must have been. It's a massive very, event. very regular. Um, um, it was, it's almost one of them offended. Where we've got Seb Larson. Seb Larson, yes. Seb Larson. Yeah, Larson. <laughs> and then you mentioned Key and Altador and Barini, so that's a side. Um, so Callback and Fletcher were both subs. They come on and scored seven minutes left. Who was the substitute goalkeeper? Pickford. He was. Because I remember going mental on the bench when we equalised. Really? Yeah. So oh, I would yeah, never yeah, have yeah, known yeah. that. That took me by surprise when I saw that. That that far back Pickford was, was on the bench. Yeah, because I say I remember did like a close up of like the bench celebrating on the TV and as I say Pickford they were just like giving it up to like mm. big licks at the front and cut them all just as always like wanting to like take on the entire yeah. bench. He just like looked really like pumped up and like mm. raged. He's that been getting praised it. again today, Catamol, hasn't he? We're all share. The fancy director that, of the Rotten Fancy Call. that, fancy the that rotten, eh? The Rotten Call. It's peculiar, that one, isn't it? I don't know. Can't it's get weird, me they, They're obviously really good at conning everybody at the club. I was trying to work out the day, to, the other day if um, O'Shea's comments about um, wanting short to spend money make him actually technically Rotten Core, but at the same time most fans would probably welcome the comments so I don't know if it makes him less rotten core because he's speaking out so I was trying to work out technically it is more rotten core because he's running the club but <laughs> everyone would agree with him so it's like he's uh, in t- inside sort of well it's open to yeah. interpretation that one isn't it it depends it what your opinion of John O'Shea is that, that's your answer to that question well let's see it'll look, be it's interesting in, I don't want to go and look at it. And, and a lot of people have thought this and I'm not trying to sound like I'm you know Mocking people, yeah, I am, and, and it's funny, isn't it? You know, I, I don't want to come across like that, um, but it's just something we've held a strong opinion about for a while, and I just think that you know it's quite easy just to look for the constants and not give it much more thought than that, and say, well, it must be down to those two, and well, and that's. Do it. you know what's we, going to be interesting? We, we've actually, done this to death, to be fair. We don't bring it back onto the, the football. It's yeah, going to do, be really interesting that. to see how he dovetails with uh, Brown and and um, Clark Salter in that back three. I'm sure he'll sit in the middle. Brown on the right and, and Clark Salter on the left, um, and it'll be interesting. Mm. Like if he can, he's good at Marshall and defence. And, and what, what you need because Co- Coleman has, has mentioned that he's going to go the way of, of bringing young lawn players in, people who are hungry, have the right personality, and I think it's refreshing, and we all like that. But you still do need experienced players mm. in there, talkers, people who are going to talk you through the game well, for start. This, this because we, talk, we don't have anybody. We were meant we've been linked with Walters today. Yeah. Now, he doesn't fit the age criteria or anything, but we don't have anything close to a strong personality at that end of the of the field, do we? No. And, and it's really important. You know, I think that... I don't know if there's much truth in it at all. Alan Nixon report, and he's quite yeah, he's accurate normally, isn't he? So, um, I think that would be good. That would be great. I mean, I think it would be a great signing for us at, at this stage, That's where we are. I mean, we're bottom of the championship. You know, to bring a player like that in, who's got all experience, and he's... Nasty and physical, and he's working, doesn't he? Yeah, and he puts people under pressure, and he's clever, and yeah, he's not the quickest, and he's 34, and his best days are probably behind him. But if you can get some pace around him, say we bring that Woodburn in, for example, he can, you know, maybe make the chat, make the spaces for him to get into and win things for him. 
well, how many times have we been here and said, oh, well, we came up against a team today who weren't the best technically, but they had players who were streetwise and people who know the division and they know like, how to conduct themselves in that league. And Walters would be absolutely perfect, I think, that kind of side. And like Gareth said, he's very physical, very imposing. Like, he does actually know where the back of the net is as well, which is a help. And hopefully, he could be a good influence around the dressing room as well. Like you can... say, Stephen, you need to blend, don't you, if you have yeah. an experience? And he can play, he can play wide yep. if you want him to. He can. You need to obviously play through the middle. Um, this is why I'm just I, I I'm sceptical about whether he would get a much better offer if he was available for loan than Sunderland. As well, being um, frank and being honest, although we don't know, we want to hope with some of the uh, say the old school sort of players, the Coleman's reputation might come and the for club, something. For old school players, you know, Walters will have you know, played football and, through and Wilson, and he'll play through it. You know, an era his spell where Sunderland would. Have, Top flight team primarily when he's been playing at the top of his game. The call of the sun as well, it's um, suggesting that it could become a permanent deal if we did steal. Um, obviously, I think Nixon he works for the sun, doesn't he? So it'll probably come from him. So I think he might look at it and say, okay, I'll come here for six months. And if we steal, then he's probably looking the longer term with Coleman. Maybe he believes that Coleman can build something. And if he not feels he doesn't have the legs for a Premier League anymore, it could be perfect. Yeah. Well, if, if we got him for a year, like got him on loan and then got him yeah. for a year, you know, you wouldn't have a problem with that at all. And you, you're talking about. The right having the right characters, he reiterated the point about character again in the, in the interview that he did for the club website, and he, I think he's got plenty of that, and I think a lot of Sunderland fans, from what I've seen, would would welcome him coming in. I haven't seen many objections, maybe one or two, but yeah, I think it'd be a signing that would give people a lift. I think just being linked, everyone's given me a lift. To be to be honest with you. It's just when you look at when you look around at some of the names we've been linked with, and yeah, it's quite nice to see Woodburn being linked, etc. But you look at some of the players we've been linked with, and you think, oh, like I know nothing about them. You see Walters, and, you think, and all of a sudden, as you say, you remember all these really good attributes, and as I say, it's given me a boost yeah. just the fact that we've been linked with them. And there's a player as well who you would say has definitely made the absolute most of everything yeah. that he's got. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a he's not a fancy player. He's obviously worked very hard to get where he is, and he's played. You know, he got the move from Ipswich to Stoke, didn't he? Um, and he's been in the Premier League ever since. He's never dropped out of it. And he's, I, I always I used to think when he was in the team that were playing, I di- didn't like playing against him. He used to think, oh, he, like not that I thought he was a great player and he was going to hurt us, but he was just annoying, like one of those players. And we, That's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Characters like but, that. I mean, we've got lots of players who annoy me, but we need a player <laughs> that's annoying. Annoying for the opposition yeah. rather than the home yeah. fans. Yeah. Should we talk to our Cardiff guest? Yes. Hopefully, we'll do that next. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. We are joined on the phone now by Ian Mitchell-Moore and he covers Swansea and Cardiff. He writes for the publication Wales Online. Well, online publication, is that right? Doing both as well, Ian? Both clubs? That's correct, Stephen. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. You're actually doing um, you're doing the um, Newcastle Swansea game the weekend, though. Yeah, do you, do you, how do you split your time between the two? Yeah, it's a, a very interesting one. I'm quite fortunate to, to cover both clubs and, of course, the, the Wales national team as well. So, get a good mix of following, you know, Premier League club who are well, struggling at the moment, and of course, the uh, uh, Championship side who are looking to go up. So. Could be in the scenario this time next season that they're, that they're both in uh, different divisions, but you never know. And then, of course, we get the the joy of covering the, the national side as well. Obviously, Chris Coleman we've uh, worked closely with over the years, and obviously uh, yourselves now know him very well. So it's uh, it's a great mix for us to have down here. Yeah, do you speak to Chris much then? You, you come across him a lot, yeah? Well, I was fortunate to be on the uh, the, the recent camp, his, his last Wales camp, so over in, uh, did the game over in Paris, and uh, of course his final game at home to Panama, so... Um, yeah, that was turned out to be his last camp, which a lot of people maybe weren't expecting. So um, he's he's done a remarkable job with Wales, getting them to the, the semi-finals of the Euros in, in 2016, and unfortunate in the end not to to get them to the, the World Cup in Russia this year. So um, all things considered, it was a, a right thing for him to move to Sunderland. Obviously, the wages would have uh, escalated given the budget that the FAW have, and you, you can understand why he left. And I think everyone uh, in Wales wouldn't begrudge him that move. Were you surprised he took the Sunderland job? Um, I think at the time there was a lot of people that were surprised purely because of the the state that Sunderland were in. You know, I think you were in the relegation when he, the relegation zone when he took over. Um, still there now, but the, the results have been significantly improved. While they haven't been tremendous, I think he's going to need at least this window to have his say on proceedings and you know. He's still probably getting his ideas across, isn't he? So, but I think am I right in saying that the points tally's doubled since he's taken well, it's, over? It's a lot better. I think it was something like zero point six per game, and it's something like one per point. Yeah, doubled. It's more or less doubled. So, we're, the the problem for us has been the the form of the the sides around us has picked up as well. Which, I mean, if Grayson was here, we could be cut adrift now. So, you've got to look at it like that. And I think how long did it take for him to put his He's spin on that Wales side because um, we, we spoke about this on our show on, on Monday and it was a very sad situation um, that he had, to, he had to take control of really at Wales and uh, it was a bit of a slow burner, wasn't it? It was, absolutely. I mean, you know, the circumstances, everyone knows, it's well documented and like he said, as much as it was an honour to manage his country, his national team, the team he's played for... Um, he, he never wished it happened because of the circumstances. So um, he came in at the most difficult of times and took on the mantle. And obviously the players were hurting as well. You know, we're in this. We had the golden generation, the likes of Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey. These were all young, young boys back then. They were all young men, should I say? So it's a lot for them to take on board and for him to come in. And it didn't start well. You know, he had a really tough run to begin with. And I think it was a, um, when they eventually did get that first win the belief soon picked up and the players sort of said, you know, even when it was tough, what he's doing on the training ground and elsewhere, stick with it and things will soon improve. And we we found in the end, obviously, with the qualifying campaign for Euro 2016, that 
Um, it was a fantastic campaign. And then obviously the Euros itself were just on another level. I don't think anybody, never mind in Wales, but anywhere elsewhere, saw that coming. So it did take him a lot of time. Uh, he got his ideas across and the fans, players eventually, well, sorry, the players were behind him from the beginning, from what it seemed. But um, the fans were, you know, like you say, it shows you how well he's done that they were so disappointed to see him leave in the end. So despite Coleman's obvious success and how brilliantly, obviously, did the mate qualify for Euros, was there a little bit of disappointment at not qualifying for the World Cup? And do you think any of the blame can be laid at his door for that? There was certainly disappointment. I mean, um, you know, having had that successful campaign in the Euros, which was unexpected, um, you know, the pressure instantly comes up. You know, you look, you're talking as little as six, seven years ago, the crowds were, you know, Cardiff City Stadium was half full and there was this, you know, the big debate over the, the stadium, whether to play at the, the Millennium or the Principality as it's now known. Um, <clears throat> but obviously the crowd soon increased as results started improving and, you know, that Chris Coleman made it absolutely clear that he wanted to stay at Cardiff City Stadium because the players felt like it was their home and, the crowds were building, and they were they were selling it out week in week out under him in, in in his final few years, and you know before and after that Euro success. So, you know, it all increased to this such a high level, especially after the you know getting to the semi-finals in France. But then, the disappointment I think was because you know they had such a, a great run in the uh, World Cup qualifiers, they just they weren't winning games. They, they couldn't. The teams weren't beating them, and you know they got off to a fly with a four-nil win against Moldova, and then they drew. The next, I think it was four games in a row. So they had it all to do at the back end of the campaign, um, and obviously they, they nearly did it. You know, with great wins against you know Austria and you know Georgia in there as well. And obviously it was a make or break game in the end between Wales and Republic of Ireland. And you know, I think Martin O'Neill played it a masterstroke. It was how everyone predicted it would go. Um, they hit Wales on the counter and got a one 0 win. And in the end, Wales lost one game in the whole campaign and finished in uh, in third place in the group. So. There was huge disappointment, but I don't think anybody would be blaming Chris Coleman for that. You know, different to the Euro 2016 qualifying campaign, Wales largely were injury-free and they didn't really have too many suspensions to worry about, whereas this time the three key players, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey and Joe Allen, I think it was only in three games that they played together of the 10 in the World Cup qualifying campaign. So, um, you know, suspensions in there as well. Neil Taylor for his, his challenge on um, Seamus Coleman in Dublin. Gareth Bale had a, a, a ban and obviously his injury at the end as well. So all these factors didn't seem to go our way this time. And in the end, that was probably what cost us. But I wouldn't say was, anybody would uh, be laying the blame on Chris Coleman for that at all. OK, well, it's nice to refresh our, our Coleman loving and we kind of went, went off on that there. We'll try and get to the game at the weekend <laughs> now. Uh, how's, how's Neil Warnock to deal with? I'll tell you what, as a, as a journalist, he's, uh, he's absolutely fantastic because... You go into his press conferences sort of with a smile on your face, expecting some some good news, and he's always a bundle of energy. You know, he turned 69 in December, and you, you wouldn't think it because he's just so positive, always full of energy, and he's he's a great person to deal with because he tells things how they are. You know, he he doesn't beat around the bush in the slightest, um, and he's always good for a quote, which helps as well. So he's mm-hmm. uh, he's, a, he's a great manager to deal with, and the job he's done down here in well, just over 15 months now is uh, is absolutely phenomenal, especially on a, a shoestring budget as well. Yeah, what situation, remind us of what, what situation Cardiff were in when, when he when he took over the job? Yeah, well, I mean, they were in dire straits. They were 23rd in the championship when he came in. Um, Paul Trollope was sacked. I think they'd only won two championship games in 11 under Trollope. You know, there, there was that factor, obviously, with him being in the Wales setup during the Euros that he could 
bring that into the Cardiff setup, and it just didn't happen. Um, so it was just a rescue mission for Warnock last season, and you know his first game in charge. Uh, they beat Bristol City, the seven side rivals at home, two one, and instantly I think just the whole club, the fan base, everybody just fell in love with Warnock, and he bought into what the club needed. He's made a lot of changes within the club setup as well, um, from you know the players to all the way down to your staff and everything. So he's changed the whole ethos of what the club are trying to do and he's got them all together. It feels like a United club again and a lot of that's down to him. So he deserves a lot of credit for not only keeping them up so convincingly last season because they ended up finishing in the top half of the table when in October when he took over they were in the bottom or bottom two, 23rd as I said. So and then obviously this season we know they've been in the in the top two for a long time. Obviously bad run over Christmas has seen them drop out of there but if you'd have offered any Cardiff fan to be in so comfortably in the top six at this stage of the season if you'd have offered them that at the start they'd have bitten your hand off so mm. um, he does he deserves a huge amount of praise for the job he's done so far Very streetwise as well Cardiff and that's one thing we took from the game up at the stadium of like earlier in the season I think Cardiff were they might have been top of the league at the time um, and, and while we keep seeing might sound crazy looking at the predicament we're in but we keep seeing week in week out here that we're not playing against fantastic teams at this level at all, and that was making it more frustrating that we were losing to these sides. Cardiff were definitely one of the better ones, but more than anything, real streetwise feel about them. The players know how to get through a game. That's got to come from the manager, that hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he knows his own and his team's limitations, um, and he sets up to do that. You I mean one of the, the disappointing things that he often gets branded with a certain style of football, which just isn't the case. You know, if he needs to be direct then of course he will be but it's um you know watching them regularly they play far better football than people give them credit for i mean you know when they're fully fit which they're far from at the moment but their front three of Kenzahor, junior hoylet and mendes lang uh the latter two on the wings they frighten any defense in the league they've got a plenty, they've got a lot of pace they all chip in with goals so um and you know men around the middle as well like so joe rowles and your further back sol band but they can all play good football so not only is he willing to play direct, but he can play really neat football quick on the break as well. So he can set up differently for different sides. And like I said, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for, you know, particularly from opposition fans and clubs, uh, the way he set this team up that they can adapt to different situations as well. So that's got to be a hugely pleasing thing for Cardiff. And like you say, streetwise is probably the exact word. He's he's been in football as a player and a manager for 50 years now. I think so. Um, certainly knows a thing or two. Yeah, very much mirrors the situation with Sam Allardyce. I think when he was here, um, they've lost four games in a row now. Cardiff haven't they? So what's happened? Is this just a slump? Are you, are you worried about it? Um, I wouldn't say. I'm, I, I think the fourth game, the fact that they went ahead at QPR on New Year's Day and then lost, um, that was just slightly concerning because you know they've done so well in the past and they've gone behind to to call back into games to get draws and wins, but. To see that flip round and they've gone ahead and lost, I think that was slightly disappointing because that hasn't happened too often under Warnock. So, um, you know, the, the Bolton one, the, the first one of the four games at the Macron, just things just didn't seem to go Bolton, uh, Cardiff's way that day. And, you know, it was one of those you take on the chin. But Fulham on Boxing Day, that was the first home defeat of the season for Cardiff. And, you know, up until then, Cardiff were the only team in the division that were unbeaten at home. So, it was disappointing to see that record go. And then three days later, you know, they lose in the 90th minute at home to Preston. So um, all of a sudden, in the space of whatever it was, sort of two weeks, it's gone from being 
in dreamland to, you know, out the automatic spots. And yes, they are still in touching distance. Only two points behind Derby ahead of this weekend. So, but it's, it, it was concerning. But a lot of it's down to injuries because they've lost so many key players and some of them have just recently come back. You like to Ken Zahor, um, and then maybe some of the other fringe players like you know, your, your Reese Healy's and them as well. But just as they come back, there's more injuries. You know, it was only last week that Warnock announced Lee Peltier, Matthew Connolly are injured as well. So they add to the likes of Lee Camp, Kadeem Harris, Aaron Gunnison, Danny Ward. You know, these are all long-term injuries as well. So that's for me, that's been the, the, the major factor because they haven't got the biggest of squads and they haven't got the massive budgets of the likes of Wolves and Middlesbrough and your Aston Villas to just go out and sign a load of players this month. So it's going to be difficult and I do think that this month could have a huge factor on whether they can bounce back. You know, if they can bring in perhaps a striker, a centre midfielder as well, um, and maybe you know another one if they can, just as an extra body. But if they can't, it could be a, a difficult second half of the month if injuries sort of you know if they don't stay fit and people you know keep ending up on the treatment table. Yeah. Just from um, a Sutherland point of view, I'm just trying to find any straw I could possibly clutch at. Do you think there's any? obvious weaknesses in the Cardiff side that we can really get out and exploit and are you worried about anything Sunderland can bring? Well, as far as Cardiff is concerned, I mean, I think one of the, the differences now is the fact that Warnock's having to continuously play different teams. You know, it's at the start of the season he, he mixed things about a little bit, you know, trying to bring in Lee Tomlin who's not starting as often as people probably would have thought. Um, you know, like I say, Zahor's missed a lot of games so that's meant Danny Ward's come in at front. And then he's got injured, so Omar Bogle's come in and he's injured as well. So he's had to change his team so much. And you noticed in all four of those games that they lost over the festive period, Sean Morrison wasn't playing either because he got injured in uh, the game against uh, Reading at the Medeski uh, in, in the beginning of December. So uh, it's meant he's had to throw in Matt Connolly, who before QPR on New Year's Day hadn't played a single minute in the league this season. So this chopping and changing has certainly had a big effect. So if if you know, I think the consensus is that Warnock will have a few more players back for Sunderland, so it shouldn't be as big a problem as it's been in recent weeks. But if that's anywhere that Sunderland could perhaps catch Cardiff on the hop, is that you know the the eleven probably won't have played together as much as previous 11s when he had a, more members of his squad available. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Thanks to Ian for joining us there. We're going to have a look at some of your tweets then. Uh, Gareth didn't give me a chance to get them up before he started that off and pressed play. No, he likes to do these things. You're yeah. going to have to fill for me now while I find them. Just look, can you not talk and look on your phone? Eh? Well, I'm, I'm, eh? But I'm putting, no, I'm, can't listen and look at his phone either. I'm putting the pressure on you, oh, heaping the responsibility on you <laughs> to fill the show. Michael's not even concentrating. He's no, not he's, he's not. He's looking at his messing phone. Messing about I'm on his phone. The questions anyway. up, you say. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> he's trying to bail you out. He's texting, texting you your texting? dad, asking him for a <laughs> tea on or something. <laughs> tea on? We have a tea. No idea. I, I imagine you eat, could see you eating a lot of tinned food for some reason, Michael. Right. <laughs> a lot of tin boiled potatoes, tin, you know, them burgers in a tin, I could see eating them. I don't know why, I just imagine you're, you know, quite a manly eater. That's quite a manly food, that, isn't it? No, not really. It's a very um, scratter food. <laughs> very scratter food, well. There Apologies to any tin food listeners. Um. Tin food listener? <laughs> Good band. Um, no, I don't know, there's merit to a tin burger from time to time. I haven't had one in years. My granddad used to get them all the time. No, I've never had a tin burger. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> a revelation. Have you ever had a tin burger? A tin burger. Let us know. It's the title of like the fake yeah. gravy in it as well. Fake gravy? I mean, what? Bistol's fake gravy. Yeah, well, yeah. in the tin with the burger, though, you would get the Well, yeah, there's gravy. it's in gravy with onions, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Well, I don't know what you... How do you serve that? Would you, you get the burger bun? pizza with a tin? No, I just get the burger pizza. You could put get a cheese and tomato pizza and then put tin burgers on it, but I'm not sure how the gravy would go on the pizza. Mm. A lot of the questions here on Twitter we've already discussed, to be honest. Because some people are asking about Rodwell. We're not going to talk about and Rodwell I'm sick again. Of Rodwell, like. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the Rodwell. I mean, I really am sick of him now. I'm sick with the back teeth of Rodwell. Rory Fallow, our own Rory Fallow, saying on a scale of one. Uh, to Nairon Nosworthy going on an amazing run how excited about you are the prospect of Johnny Wattlers other people asking if we know if there's anything in the Johnny Wattlers thing we don't know anything don't know um, <laughs> we're not so. ITK at all um, Sergeant Scooter Boy if Katz is fit does he come back into the team we've got nobody else have he would have to wouldn't <laughs> yeah. he yeah but he eats tin burgers <laughs> on, like, on, on his day off he doesn't even need a tin opener to open them does he just eat in the tin. Yeah. Just, yeah. just ingest it. <laughs> we Dissolves not, it in the stomach. We didn't get Rory birthday cake for Matthew, who's asking that. Well, he's not he here, so. Well, if he doesn't bother to turn up, right? not, I know he's he's gone a bit grabbing at the moment, and he? he's just kind of gone off. Done. We can excuse know. him not turning up on his birthday, to be honest. He hasn't been up in ages. Would you have a birthday every Monday and Thursday? Like? <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Right, we've got five minutes to talk about, about the game. The, t- the team selection's going to be. Interesting. I think the back five picks it's well, or does it? Because Matthews, we, we're not. This is the thing when Coleman has his press conference on a Friday, we, <laughs> we don't know who's in and who's out, so we've got to speculate a little <clears throat> bit. Well, firstly, good news, you know, whatever you think about him from a player perspective, that Johnny Williams isn't as far away because we were talking on Monday saying he might be mm. six weeks. Well, he's saying a week till he comes back in the contact training, so it's probably going to be three weeks, really, isn't it, realistically? So we might have him back for the start of Feb, which would be quite nice to have him available. Whatever you think of Corning and Dong, they're in training, so they'll be available in a couple of weeks. So all of a sudden, if we bring a few players in, he's probably going to have for the first time a full strength squad to work with. A couple of people on Twitter. In, he hasn't. He hasn't had that. A has couple he? of people on Twitter are asking us if that's linked in any way because Corman's come out and and sort of called the players out, hasn't he? And then suddenly, suddenly a couple of these well, players. Well, do you know what it is about that? Whole oh, well, the tri- well, the, well, it's nice at the fit June the transfer window. Why weren't they fit on the first of January? Why is it taking on the eighth no, of January? I think more about Coleman. No, I'm just talking about that right. in general. I mean, suggesting why weren't that they might yeah. not have been fit and wanting to do their bit and now they're back in training. Well, the people are come assuming, on, we love a good conspiracy well, theory. People were we? people were assuming that um, he was aiming that at them because that's the assumption. But there might be other players. There's plenty of players injured. It's not just those two. We had 13 out at the weekend. So there's eleven others under scrutiny there. It's not just him, and it's not just in Dong and, and Corny. I know that's the narrative, like the rotten core narrative. So you're dismissing that narrative? Then. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that. Why is it just those two that are the ones who? Well, are that's, what, no, that's what the question was. We were people asking if we think it's linked or not. I, I don't care. You just give the most diplomatic answer in the world. <laughs> well, no, there, I haven't. I'm just saying. You know, McGeady and Matthews were injured for the game with. With Knox, I mean, I think it's natural for people to be cynical. Though, if you go and if you sat in December and suddenly and Dong and Corney have injuries to take up until the start of January, people well, are naturally going to put two games together. In. And Dong came back in for two games and then was injured again. He did. And, 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 and Coleman said, and Coleman said that people have re-injured themselves by playing again too quickly. And Coleman, and, and that could have been he could have been referring to Dong in that. I'm not saying that that 
isn't the case that they might not be doing that. You could have been, but you are being a bit director of hindsight here. <laughs> not, not at all, no. Well, yeah, you are, well, because you, you sat there like, when all this is happening, saying, oh, well, we're back now, but at the time, it was a fair assumption for people to make. I know, but do you not think that football now is just like an episode of the X-Files where there's what? like 50 conspiracy theories about everything well yeah because it's like a tr- an epi- not every football club's an episode of Dream Team I know ours is like absolutely mad but like <laughs> do you know what I mean settle down <laughs> watch the football I wasn't saying I'm not going to say enjoy the football <laughs> certainly attempt to watch it on the telly and that or at the match whatever, if, they, uh, whatever takes you fancy Adam Matthews is fit um, you would imagine he and Oviedo will be the wing-backs. Mm-hmm. O'Shea will be flanked by um, Clark Salter and by Browning, you would have thought. Yeah. And Reuter back in goal. Yeah. Something Steele's got a chance yeah. of getting by in goal. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a bad back five when you put well, it like Well, it, it's after that where you start scratching yeah. your head, yeah. isn't it? And, and who plays where, what what? Well, happens. Honeyman will obviously play in there. And um, who else have we got back in midfield? I'm sure there was somebody available who we Is didn't back? Don't know if he is. He must. Have, I mean, Ethan Robson apparently played well at Borough. I didn't see he much did of it. Right. He, he did. He, um, he, he did certainly right. he showed willingness to get on the ball, which was encouraging given the state of the performance. And he didn't do anything outstanding. But then again, when I watched Robson in the under twenty threes, he's never been that sort of player. He's always been a bit of a water carrier. Like he gets a ball, like he moves on to the more creative player. So it was nice to see him make the step up, but just do the same job and not try to be I think, flamboyant. You know, without being too negative on her because I you know we couldn't have asked a lot more from from his performance uh, there wasn't a lot of pressure on the ball from from him in the second half because Burrow kind of got that early goal and knew they'd won the game yeah, but there thought. wasn't but but then Mark Wilson we I think I might be on this podcast on Monday where we were taught well, not me personally but there was a discussion about Mark Mark Wilson hiding a little bit yeah, like in uh, when well, we were, when we session, did a lot of um, pretending he wanted the ball and then looking angry when he didn't get it. But yeah, yeah, really, he was asking for the ball when there was somebody right up his backside. Yeah, exactly. Like but, that, that, but that's what encouraged me about Robson. It would have been very easy for a young lad to go to a place like oh, Borough yeah, yeah. and like, but he was still willingly want to get on the ball and show for it. All. I'm not criticising him at all. Well, so but, who are the options we've got in midfield to pick from? I don't I mean, know. That's I guess McGeady might be back. Is McManaman available? Probably. He's going to play McGeady, isn't he? Surely. I mean, he might play McGeady and McManaman, and then Honeyman and another. Who's and the other going to be? That's the issue. Could be Robson. Could be Wilson. Probably Wilson. You'd think. And then up front. So I said on Monday. I think I would go I, with. I, I suggested would, on Monday. I said he's going to end up playing Wilson and Holden midfielder, isn't he? And he, we ain't got it was, a choice. It was at a the thing moment. with the injuries, wasn't it? What about up front? Well, um, for me, it would have to be Major. Major of on. Major. Absolutely, magic. Magic, magic especially when you consider the whispers of Vaughan doesn't even want to be here. It's <laughs> speculation, that though, isn't it? I still, I just think it's interesting away from home. He, he likes, he likes Vaughan for certain games, and he's commented to perform coming on. He said he's like a street fighter, doesn't he? I do wonder if he thinks the Neil Warnock side might be the sort of game. I'd go with Magic because in. he links a play better. Yeah, he's naive and he does bad things, but. I like what I've seen from Madger in comparison to, to Vaughan. I'd rather have Madger in somebody who's going to link the play, especially if you say you played um, McManaman and McGeady, and you want some, you want people who are going to somebody who's going to hold it and then get them going beyond. Hopefully, you then get people coming onto the ball, people like Honeyman. That's what you want in that situation. I don't think Vaughan holds it. I don't think he retains possession. He gives it away every time. So, I think we've probably. There's more value in trying Madger. I mean, when we're talking about the top end of the pitch, it just goes to show how desperately short we are and how vital, especially before the whole game, say we get 
Walters and Woodburn in before the the whole game, that just gives everything a lift then. Definitely. And, um, we, and we need a lift goal in the yeah. whole game. <laughs> and we'll have a few, we hopefully have a few players back by then. So, because that, that, that's an absolutely massive game that we yeah, certainly I mean, cannot afford to not win, I would say. I we mean, have to win that game. The Birmingham game has been rearranged for the, just a Tuesday after the Wednesday we played. So, you go back to them two games being absolutely critical to our season. I mean, that's. I think that's when we'll have a, a great idea of where we're going to be um, at, at the end of the season. And I think if we can win those two games. I mean, Cardiff, I, obviously I wasn't involved in the conversation with the Cardiff fan, but, you know, Cardiff have lost four on the bounce now, so... Two at know, home as well. They'll be fragile if we can get... If They've we gone somehow, from being unbeaten yeah. at home to losing two in a row. There will be, but as I say, with Sunderland, that hasn't really counted for a lot. I think Sheffield United hadn't won in five, had the... Um, I think Barnsley were on a terrible run and we gave them like easy six points, really. I mean, yeah, if, if you go. Mix brought it down right at the you, end of the show. If you look at it, we can pretty much put the same team out um, as we did, potentially, as we did at Forest. Um, but obviously bringing uh, Clark Salter in and having... Um, somebody else in midfield and who is in Gibson. So we certainly need the Forest X type performance, yeah. don't we? Where we have like battle walls grinded out. Yeah, but I've, I've, I saw Cardiff, a bit of Cardiff um, Preston, and wasn't the best sort of advert for for football. Never mind <laughs> Championship football, and, and obviously they chucked it in at the end when when Preston scored. So. You know, just got it. If, if we can frustrate them and, and and get get something, get in front, you know that maybe they'll they'll start a turn, get a bit frustrated. Um, but you I know, hope that's being hopeful. I think it'll be like you've said in the past. I think with Sunderland, the minute you can tell in the first ten yeah. fifteen minutes what's going to happen. Right. Well, we're deep into injury time here, so I think we'll wrap it up for another show. We are away from home, so we don't have a peacock thing, but I feel like we should plug the plug pre again. pull. Pre pull, yeah, pre hull, peacock, Vic Hallam. Yeah, Vic Hallam. It's going to be a long. So tell your dar, especially. <laughs> All the dars will be down for that. Definitely. Bring right. your dar, bring your kids, get them to meet somebody who's won the FA Cup. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland.